Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you guys for being here. Um, I'm glad that uh, you chose to come. I sent an email out to a lot of you that said it's going to be really cold in here. Um, the warmth of my personality has just changed all of that, right? It's all... No, hey, we are actually working on our heater system, and it's getting old. And, our, and, and the dilemma we have is when we start the remodel with the, with the new wave remodel, we're going to be getting new roofing and and, and, and new heating system, so they got to patch it together for the next few months. And so bear with, um, um, and we'll, we'll see it through together on that one. So, hey, I, again, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. We are in a series about hope, and I hope that you've gotten something out of hope about this series on this one. And, and really believe that hope, Esperanza, it, it changes everything. It does change your life. I don't think you can survive very long without hope. I mean, what happens when you have no hope each day, day after day? God's Word, the Bible says this, these, th- these three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And when you think about it, we talk a lot about faith all the time. In fact, faith is critical for, for our lives, and we talk about how important it is to have faith in God and faith in Christ. We talk a lot about love, how we're supposed to love each other, but kind of the one in the middle, hope, is the one we oftentimes just skip over. And so we would like to spend, boy, you know, a long time this year talking about hope and what it does for us and what it does in, in our lives. Now, now, what is hope anyway? And, and I want to get through, we sometimes use the term hope in a lot of different ways. You know, I hope it gets warm, you know, or I hope the Giants get Bryce Harper, you know, all those kinds of hope things that, that we have. Actually, hope is a lot more than just simply a little bit of a wish that we have here and there. And, and, and this is kind of what I've landed on. Hope is an assurance that a loving God is in control of life and of my life. And no matter what happens, good or bad, he's in charge, and it's okay. I mean, I, I think that's just a, just a cool way to do it. No matter what happens in my life, good or bad, because good happens, it does. Bad happens, it does. Big things that are bad happen, they do. And, and small things that are annoying happen, and they do. But God's in control, and he's in charge. And no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Peter would say this. He would say, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. And that means that people are going to look at the, the, our lives, your life, and say, what's the deal here? I mean, how come you've got hope in all of this? Why are you so hopeful? How come you can ride through these storms the way you do? And we're able to give an answer to say, I've got a, I've got a God who's in control of life and my life. And because he's loving and because he's there and he's in charge, no matter what happens and no matter what is happening, um, it's okay. And I will be okay through it. Um, I got another cold this week. You can maybe hear it. And, and I survived. Barely. You know, I barely survived. Now, I'm not one of those wimpy guys who gets man flu. You've heard the term man flu before. You know what man flu is? It's when a man gets a flu or something like that. They, they just suffer so, so tremendously. When a woman gets it, she's able to ride, ride through it. All that. I'm not one of those wimpy guys who gets man flu um, where every cold I'm about to die. Not every cold. Most colds I'm about to die, but not every, every cold on this one. And this time I was about to what? I was about to die. I was about to die in this cold. I was laying in bed thinking about how close to death I really am and how Lisa cannot fathom how sick I am. She just can't begin to fathom this. And, and I began to think about this 
stuff. I mean, this, this hope stuff, you know, this hope stuff. And here I am in more agony than any human being has ever gone through in, in life. But I was able to say, and I'm, I'm being silly here, um, I was able to say, whether it's sickness or tragedy or health or whatever, a loving God is in control of life in my life, you know? I mean, this is not something new to God. And no matter what happens, good or bad, he's in charge. He's in charge of this, you know, and it's going to be okay. And it just, it just gets me through life. Now, scale that one up. It's a challenging life no matter what happens, good or bad. God's in charge, and it'll, it'll work out. And so I hope you realize how real hope is. Now, how do, you, how do you get hope? I mean, where does it come from? You know, poof, does it just all of a sudden appear? You know, how can we increase our ability to have hope? Because I think we all want it. And I think it's available for us all. It's just we have to begin to learn how to increase our capacity to get it, okay? Or increase our hope quotient, our hope ability. And, and um, we've been talking about, you know, how you have to know God. And, and this is the critical component. Know personally God, this God who does give hope, to know him, have him inside of you and a part of your life. And that's the most critical thing, to have... The eternal God take residence in your heart and in your life. And if you have questions about that, please. Um, that's the most important hope that we could give you to know God, but also to know about God, know about him. My daughter, she's, she's a, um, 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 at Biola School down south, Southern California, and she has a theology class. And um, she sent me, um, um, she said, I got a paper due. Maybe you can help me with it. And it's like, well, it's my daughter, duh. You know, of course I'm going to help her with it, you know. And I think she takes advantage of me being a pastor for these kinds of things. But I don't care. I don't care. So she said, she said, you know, can you just help me outline this thing? And so I'm doing some outlining work for it. And the more, and it's, it's a theology paper on basic theology on God, you know, and what you believe about God. And, and so I'm, I'm just kind of typing some stuff out. This is last night, you know. And, and, and I finished it, you know, um, kind of an outline. I'd say, here's just some directions you may want to go. And, and, I, and I got really excited about it. I mean, just, just, this is, this is, and I'm, I'm not a deep theologian or anything, but it's just that, that, that to understand this is God. But not only is this God, this is our God, this is my God, you know. And so I, I sent her the document, the Google Docs, you know, and I wanted her to respond back. You know, and she says, I'm out with friends right now, so I can't get to it. <laughs> Wait a second, what's, what's wrong with this? Anyway. So my hope for her grades just went, just like that. Hey, but, but, but so we know God, know about God, raise our expectations. And when you raise your expectations, you know, what do you expect God to do in your life today? What are you expecting God to do in your life today? Because chances are he'll probably pretty much do it. And then, and then we talked about um, focus on, on the future. Um, um, I was looking at some guy has a, an energy drink can, and I was kind of reading the ingredients in the whole thing, and, and, and one of the, 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 the bylines is, it's positive energy in a can. You know, positive energy in a can. And it's like, no, it's not. It's sugar and caffeine in a can. Yeah, and you know, this gets all, 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 all worked up on that. But don't you wish you could just like take, take, take hope, you know, open, up a, open up a can of hope. And, and it, does, it doesn't work that way. There are things that have to happen in order for hope to build, to build in life. Because another way is, and this is what we're going to spend our time on, is actually you get hope from people. People. People provide hope for you. And that's what we're going to spend a few minutes talking about. Um, so let me just pray and, and commit this time to God. So Lord, 
Jesus, thank you um, that all hope comes from you and you provided the ways for us to have it, to make it through life. And I, I need, God, the right words to, sh- to say and the right things to share and the way to share it. And so help me and Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Amen. Thank you. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a kind of a, a different view of life that some people have on how God works in life. And, and I sometimes call it zap theology, um, or, 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 or God of the zap. And, and, and the way it goes like this is if you need something from God, you ask him and zap, he'll give it to you. You know, zap, you know, he'll give it to you. So for instance, if, if you need wisdom, just ask God and zap, wisdom will come to you, you know. In fact, that's the best way they would say that God works is in the zap. If you need knowledge about something, you just pray and God will give you a zap, it'll come, or peace, you know, zap, it'll come. That's kind of God's whole plan A, answers to questions. You know, somebody even, even said to me, you know, Paul, you really should not prepare your messages because you're not trusting God enough. You know, you're not trusting God enough when you prepare. You should just come on up on stage and let God, you know, just zap you with the knowledge, you know, of, of what to say, you know. And I, and I, and I, always, I always wonder about that because I always think, man, I know if I were to get up here and not prepare, I, give, I know what zap God would tell me. God would tell me you should have spent time preparing because you got nothing here now. So, so I, don't, I don't hold to this zap thing uh, 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 very, very well. Um, you know, it's not one, two, three, God, I need to be more, more loving. Um, God, I need more faith. How does God do it? He can zap, and I believe he can. Obviously, he's God. He can do it every way and any way he would want. But listen to what the Bible says. It says this, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Now, he's not talking about the human body. He's using the human body as an analogy for this thing called a church, okay? This community of believers. As each part, you and me, does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love, okay? Now, you could reword that so it's like this. Jesus makes the whole church fit together perfectly, each one of us. As each person does his or her own special work, they help others so that the whole church is healthy and growing and full of love. God did this. God pulled this thing together. God pulled this church together, and he said, okay, in Mariners in 2019, I want this person, this person, this person, all together so that we can help each other, build each other up, and grow in these areas. God can do zap things in your life, but it says in the Bible pretty clearly the way God grows us and builds us is not just simply through zap, but through what? Others, each other's on our lives, the church body. And this is the, the complexity of a place like this. And so you could say God's plan A may not always be zaps. In fact, God's plan A is other people in our lives. Um, in, this, in this middle of this stupid cold, I, I, I'm not good at sitting around you know, and not being productive. It just, ugh, I, just can't, I just can't let. And, and, and so I, I, I decided to get my carcass out of bed, and, and, I, and, I, and I came here. You know, I, I decided to come here and try and get some work done. And, and, I, and I walked upstairs, you know, and I, I said to the staff, oh, I'm here, you know. You know. And, and, and everybody said, get out of here, you know. Leave. We don't want you here. You know, we don't, we don't want you around here. And it's like, we don't want you to, you know, some of us are doing this and that. We don't want to get what you've got. And reality is, is we catch stuff from people, 
You know, we do. We catch that kind of stuff from people. You know, it takes about three days for a virus to really hit you, affect you, you know that. And I came down with this on Wednesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That means I caught it from what? You guys. You know, you guys, I caught this from, 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 from you guys. You gave it to me. But that's okay, you know, because not only do I catch colds from you, but there are other things I catch from you. The Bible says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you're doing. I catch encouragement from you. I get built up from you. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I, I catch compassion from you and forgiveness. And that means I will also catch what? Hope from you. I will catch hope from you. Um, <clears throat> you have this guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul, not in the Bible, and he spread the message of Jesus. He wrote half of the New Testament. Do you ever think he got discouraged? I mean, here's a guy. He saw Jesus face to face, you know. Special messenger of God did all kinds of... Do you ever think he got discouraged, depressed? Absolutely he did. He's a human being. Now, did God zap plan A? You know, we think zap God show up. No, not always. Listen to what it says here. Amazing verse, astounding. God who comforts the depressed, comforted us by what? Zap? No, by the coming of Titus. Titus came, and that was God's plan A, to give him help and to give him hope. Here's our, our memory verse. Um, a great verse. Two are better... Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. You got that? It's perfect right there. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Yeah, that's really true, you know? <laughs> Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Two can stand back to back and conquer three or even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. And, and, and I know I've gone a long way around, and you were probably convinced after the first few statements that I made here, but you must have relationships to grow in hope. You have to have relationships to grow in hope. Okay? I want you to be convinced of that. If you want to grow in hope, you have to have relationships. If you are bereft or have few relationships, your ability to grow in hope dwindles and, and diminishes. I think pretty much almost every emotional problem, every problem that we have is, is oftentimes due because we have alienation or isolation going on in our lives. You know, if you're alienated from people or isolated from people, all kinds of issues. But once you begin to open up to people, those issues begin to diminish and other qualities and attitudes begin to grow. And one of those is hope. The healthiest people have healthy, close, emotional connections. And, I mean, it's, this is kind of my commercial for, for what I would say is life groups and connecting with other people and small discipleship groups where you're growing together in faith and with one another. Um, it, it, this is why it's, God has made this thing called the church. It's not a place to come to, you know. I mean, you come here for a while, but, boy, if this is all there is to it, good luck because it's going to be really hard for you to grow in faith or grow in life or grow in hope if there are not connections. I'm, I'm, I'm in 
connection with one, one family, and they're going through all kinds of issues and all that kind of stuff. And, I, and this is long distance. And I said, you know, you, you, you can't keep emailing me. You know, I mean, you can, but um, you've got to connect with people in your church or talk to your own pastor, you know, you, 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 or get with your own life group. And they said, well, you know, we haven't quite found a, a good church here yet. And it's like, you've lived there for three years, you know, for crying out loud. You could have visited every church in the whole county during that time. You haven't found one yet, you know. Forget the minuteness of theology if they don't quite fit or you don't like their music. Your lives are dying here. So Connect. We have to have relationships to grow and to grow in hope. And so Ray Johnston, we're kind of basing this whole series on his book, The Hope Quotient, talks about types of people we need in our lives to build hope. Okay? And I think you need these types of people in your life to build hope. I know I do. I do. You need these types of people in, in, in your life, and you need multiple people that can connect with you. Okay? First one is this. Okay? If you want to take notes, here you go. But you need these people. Number one, you need tail kickers. I like this one. You need tail kickers in your life. The Bible says this. this is a great verse. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. You got that? I mean, you, you got that? And, you, and you've experienced that before. You know that. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than somebody kissing up to you. You know, you just... Don't, don't, you don't like that. And, 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 and yeah, I've been so blessed that God has given me several people like that in my life. Lisa and I were going through a, kind of a rough patch in our marriage and, and just, you know, and, 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 and close friend of mine, you know, and, and I've opened the door of my life into him and, and I was complaining to him, you know. And, and I was talking about the issues, you know, woe is me, you know. And, and, and I wanted him to say, you know, the old Adam and Eve thing, it's the woman's fault, you're right, you know, it's the woman's fault. And yeah, wife's going to be a pain that way, you know. That's the kind of stuff I wanted him to say, you know. I wanted him to get on my side, you, you know. Um, or yeah, who is she to be able to, to do that kind of stuff? Um, this is what he said to me. Um, Jesus said, Paul, that we're supposed to love our wives like Jesus loved the church. It sounds right now to me like you're not loving Jesus, like loving Lisa like Jesus loved the church. You know, and he was right, dead right. You know, I wasn't loving her like Jesus loved the church. And it takes someone a little bit bold to be able to make those kinds of statements into your life. You know, was it hard to hear? Yeah. You know, was it the right thing to say? Yeah. Absolutely. It was. Now, every time, every time we talk, he'll say this. So how are you and Lisa doing? How are you and Lisa doing? You know? And, and, and I got to answer him. You know, I got to answer him. Now, does it annoy me that he keeps asking that question? No. No. It can, but no. Because... I have said I need a tail kicker here in my life. This guy's also part of a small group of us. Um, um, when we were, each of us got married, um, we committed to all in each other's weddings and all that. Um, we committed to the others that if any of us ever leaves or cheats on our wives, the others, no matter where we are in the country, will fly to that person and beat him up. Okay, that's just a <laughs> commitment we've made, you know. And, and, and we're committed to that. We are committed to that. Now, to get there, you have to open up to them, and that's the rub. You have to give them permission to speak in, into your life. And that's the hard part. I mean, that's the hard part. Because we sometimes don't like that, 
you know, I don't want to give you permission to speak into my life. I want you to, to just simply kind of give me nice strokes. I'll always be on my side, you know. But you always being on my side means that I'm always right in life. And I'm not. I'm not. Give them permission. You have to have somebody say, look, you're not doing this right, and there's hope when you do do it right. That's precious. That's valuable. Second thing, you need soul sharpeners. Um, a great verse. I love this verse. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a, fr- a friend. You know, And that means we need people in our lives that can help refine us, that understand the qualities we have in life and help bring them out. A soul sharpener is someone who helps you develop and, and, and grow. I mean, can, can help you in, by encouraging you and building you up and saying, you know, you're really, really good at this. And that gives you hope when you all of a sudden don't feel good about yourself. Um, this is why you're here, I believe. Or, and, and this is a statement I'd love to have us say to each other more and more and more. You know, I see in you this. What a powerful hope-building statement that is. I see in you the real ability to help others. I see in you a real care and compassion. I see in you a strength. Because a lot of times I don't see those kinds of things. And if we can have those people in our lives that can say to us, I, I see in you real capacity to turn this marriage around because I've seen these things going on in your life. See how the hope that, that, that gives and that brings out? We also need models and mentors. Paul said, um, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Pretty bold statement that he, he, he made. He also says this, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Um, there's everything we have learned, we've pretty much had to have it patterned for us in our lives. Pretty much everything. You know, and, and that's why, man, if you you know, if 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 you go to counseling or therapy, at some point in time, if there's a behavior that the therapist or the counselor will see, or I'll I'll even do it if you come you know, long enough and sit, sit and, t- and talk to me, I will say, tell me about your family. You know, tell me about your family of origin. You know, and, and the old jokes about all the therapists are going to do is ask you about your relationship with your dad or your mom. You know, why do they do that? It's because the models of your life were so, had such a deep imprint upon you that you are saying, I'm doing only that which is what I saw as natural to me, which is normal to me. And so we sometimes respond back that way. If your mom and dad never knew how to, to argue right or fight right, man, then you do not have a clue on how to argue or fight right and how to work those things through. You, you, you follow that? And, and, and so we need models. And if, if it was all screwed up when you were younger, then where are you going to get it? And this is why the importance of relationships now are helpful because a church family can be a secondary family for you to now begin to learn it anew and afresh. You know? So all of a sudden, you go to another couple and say, how do they survive through the stuff that they're going through? When we would be all over each other, you know? We'd, we'd never make it through that kind of a thing. 
It's because you need new models and new mentors for that. And, and, and we need people in our lives whom we can ask, how do you keep hope with all the crud that you're going through? You know, how do you, how do, you do that? And last, um, last one is you need heart healers, just heart healers. And those are just people that come alongside you and just can simply love you through what you're going through so you can survive it. Dr. Paul Tournier is a Swiss physician, and he did a lot of helps, a lot of changes in um, um, spiritual and psychosocial aspects of counseling. And, and he said, no one can develop freely in this world and find a full life without feeling understood by at least one person. At least one person. And um, there are some of you that are gifted at that. Come alongside others just to help them heal through what they're experiencing. Um, I, I saw this quote, and, and, and I think this is what we need to be able to say to, to more people. This quote is, believe in the darkness what you've seen in the light. Now, let me explain what that means. It's not some kind of a vision or appearance. It, it, it means what you've seen in the light when you've experienced God in good times. When the dark times come, hold on to those things. Believe in the dark, the hard, dark times, what you've seen in the light. But sometimes when I'm in the dark, I forget that. And I need people to come alongside me and say, keep believing. Keep believing in your life. And so we need people in our lives, through our life groups and others and smaller connecting groups. Um, and it also means that we're the people others need. You know that as well? It's not just coming in this way. It goes out that way as well. So that you are the tail kicker for somebody and you are the heart healer for somebody and you are the model for somebody and we need to be there for that. I want the worship team, if you guys don't mind coming on up right now and I'm going to kind of wind down this part um, of it. And, and um, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit from the Bible. It's, it's the book of 2 Timothy, and um, it's in the New Testament. And again, it's the Apostle Paul. And to me, this guy was very real. He was very real with his emotions. And you think a guy with that kind of what we would say spiritual caliber, you know, he's an apostle, you know, some backgrounds. He's St. Paul, you know, holy cow. And, you know, he has a little halo on stained glass and all that kind of stuff. He was a real guy, and he experienced ups and downs like you and I do. And in Second Timothy, the, the book of Second Timothy, um, he's an old guy now. Um, he's, he's lived a long life and uh, um, been in prison numerous times, finally was released, and they arrested him again. And this time he saw the end coming. New emperor, this emperor was basically out for blood, and, and he saw the writing on the wall. He, he just knows he's not going to get out of this one. And, and he writes to Timothy, and he's going to share his feelings. He says this, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. Meaning, just poured it all out. The time of my death is near. I know it. I can see it. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I remained faithful. He's strong, but then he says this, but Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Please come. Notice how he's saying, um, I've done this, it's winding down, but I need you, Timothy. He asked for a person. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. Crescens is gone, Titus is gone. 
The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. The Lord stood with me, gave me the strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all to hear. He rescued me from certain death. But I love this when he says, but come, Timothy. Come before winter. And winter, I know, means the season, but it can also um, metaphorically, as I'm going to stretch this passage to mean maybe the things that could come up into our lives, you know, the winter of our lives. And sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, we need to say to the Timothys that are out there, I need you to come to me. Come before winter. Come before winter. Come before winter hits my life. I need you to be there for me. Because winter will come. It will come to all of us. Life is not that easy. Winter comes. And so we need our Timothys there. Life in Christ it was not meant to be lived alone, ever, ever. And that's where our hope comes from. Let's pray. Thanking you, Lord, so much. You surround us with people. Um, you place them in our lives. And there are people in this room that have been my Timothys. They've come and they've lifted me up and helped thanking you, Lord, that we can be that to others. I pray that no one would leave this, this room, this building, feeling like there's no hope. Open our eyes to see those that need encouragement, create and establish relationships. May this be a place where people say, man, they love each other. Because of that, may we have hope. And we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.